Hey guys, I'm David, and welcome to Cucumber Talks. Each week, I sit down with my friends Bryce and Marshall to chat about what's going on in our lives. Our goal is to have honest, vulnerable, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations about our struggles and successes. In this week's chat, I talk about unexpected bills, Bryce talks about getting couples counseling with his wife, and Marshall talks about sibling relationships. I hope you enjoy. Alrighty, so um, I have a little <laughs> drama story to share from this past week. Um, and it's about my landlord and the rent and just stuff about that. So I guess I'll, I'll start this off by saying I'm like a fantastic renter. I <laughs> <laughs> I pay early, like almost every month. Apartment looks great. You know, everything is cool. Maintenance people come in and out here and there they're like this is the best looking apartment and it's so clean blah 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 i don't think it looks that great but like apparently i'm up against you know some stiff competition yeah yeah basically so you know i've never had an issue honestly up until now there was just kind of a shock to me but um all right so last thursday um i got an email for the lease renewal I was like, okay, cool. I, you know, expected this coming up. And I guess the first thing was there was like an added fee for a roommate, which, I mean, he and I talked about six months ago when, you know, I told him I, I no longer have a roommate and he actually dropped, dropped like the roommate fee for me each month. So I was like, okay, cool. So like that was up on the lease. And I was like, what? you know, okay, that's fine. Like maybe that, that I can get that fixed. Right. So I go into my uh, online portal and there was this like massive water bill and it was just like, it was like custom made. I was like, um, okay. So I get this huge bill and it was actually due on that day. It was due that day or the day before. I don't remember. So it was like, late bill and i was like what the fuck like i've never seen this before and so i called his phone uh, before the end of the day left a message super kind you know i was obviously heated and confused but i was like you know obviously i don't i don't want to like just start screaming at somebody without knowing you know what's going on but at the same time like you would think that they would like anybody would give somebody a heads up like hey you know this was like hundreds of dollars <laughs> and yeah I don't know but anyways um so I reached out uh, on Thursday again with an email just saying like hey what's you know what's going on um there's some added charges just you know I thought I you know I thought the water bill was included you know, maybe I'm confused. And I even apologized for, for emailing him past like normal hours and nothing, nothing back. Um, Friday came along. I actually turned my phone off. Do not disturb. I have it on. Do not disturb like all the time just because 
I want to be focused on work or whatever. And so like, I, I was just checking it throughout the day, like, oh, you know, he's got to be calling me, right? And yeah, um, I, I actually called twice that day as well. Once like earlier and then once later, just like, hey, just a friendly call. <laughs> um, and on my break that day, I was looking at the reviews just for the like the realtor company because I haven't really looked at them for a while. And they were, <laughs> they had like a whole bunch of like the, the average was two star review. And I was like, oh crap, like I don't remember it being this low when I when I first like signed up or whatever. Um, and people were actually like recently uh, mentioning like random water bills and like super pissed about things. And I was like, oh great, this is okay. This isn't gonna be good. Um, and I actually read about like landlord rules, like what they can and can't do. I was going deep on this. <laughs> um, okay, and then finally, like, I think it was at the end of my break, I was about to go back to work. The, the like realtor, like the actual office was about to close. And I was like, okay, let me, let me just call the office and see. And so I called. Surprisingly, somebody picked up and they were like, oh yeah, let me, let me connect you to them. I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, I explained it, um, like what was going on and he was like, oh yeah, like I was meaning to get back to you. Um, he was like, oh yeah, that bill was for, you know, so that was a mistake. And I remember you said before about my, about your, your roommate leaving. He was like, yeah, so we'll, we'll take that off. We'll, you know, everything's good. And apparently it was all a big mistake. <laughs> hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was just heated like throughout the last like few days of this week. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to share that story because, I mean, I, I guess it could have gone like a, a totally different way had I, had I like exploded on him like prior to actually talking to him. So it was a, a very unsettling <clears throat> last, last few days. But yeah, turns out it was nothing. <laughs> I'm getting heated talking about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, um, unexpected finance, financial stuff, and unexpected bills with big numbers are always, always the worst. Yeah, um, I mean, especially since I I thought we had like a a good relationship. We don't talk really ever, but you know, that's a good thing, right? I'm not, you know, in his radar of people to, you know, have to like get on or whatever. So. Yeah. Oh, there's the the bathroom that's always clogged or the the lampshade that's always or the, you know, drapes that are always coming down or something. He's got to go over there. That's what I was going to ask. Have you worked with your landlord directly before? Um, Actually, I think I just met him. I met him a couple of times, but um, mostly, you know, if I have an issue, we have this like app that we use and I just send a request like okay oh there's you know there's mold or like one time the the um the fridge just like 
was old and it just went out and I was like, yeah, the, I think the fridge is, is broken. Huh. And he just had some guys like bring in a brand new fridge and like wow. pull the tape off and everything. So I thought, you know, oh, this is awesome. You know, there's no, there's been no big issues. Uh, everything has been good up until now. And um, yeah. What is it about this, this situation in particular that you think really got your blood boiling? I think mostly because, I mean, so there were two things. One is that unexpected water bill, like those things, I mean, the water bill is connected to my, my whole payment. It's a part of it. So I just pay that every month. It's a a fixed fee. So there have never been other random payments and like, we're supposed to pay by the first. Right. And I'm, I almost always pay like the 20th of the, the month prior or 25th or something. Um, so that was an unsettling thing. And the fact that it was like, it's, it was late. And I was like, I, I can't pay this right now because I, I have no idea what this is. There's been no like advanced notice. Um, and I guess the other thing was I, I kind of got inside my head a little bit when I started reading reviews of, about mm. like massive water bills, <laughs> like multiple reviews in the last few months. And they even replied one time to somebody leaving a bad review saying like, oh, like, you know, we had to take, we had to take charge when there was a, uh, we saw the last quarter's water bill. And I was just like, okay, like I take maybe two showers a week. <laughs> like I, I rarely <laughs> run the water, you know, I'm, if there's anybody that should not have to take the hit or whatever, um, it'd be me. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things I think that push me over. Mm. How much of it do you think has to do with uh, the the amount owed? Like if, it's, if, the, if the number had been less, would you have been equally as pissed off? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, for the for the record, it was it was two hundred and twenty dollars, and you know, it's not like I'm living paycheck to paycheck right now. <laughs> but yeah, if it was ten dollars. I I probably still would have been like pissed off because there was no heads up, but maybe not as because you know money's money. <laughs> it's like two hundred dollars. That's a that's quite a chunk of change, you know. Mm. It it kind of sounds like you were also frustrated because you felt like you had um you had slipped up somehow and made a mistake. Is that right? Like uh. Like there was a payment that was now late and you had, um, you had somehow let it slip through the cracks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I obviously feel bad about that, but you know, I think the bigger thing in my mind was like that payment, like that water bill payment was not, you know, it wasn't a normal mm-hmm. thing. So it was kind of like 50, 50 I definitely did feel bad though, personally, because I'm never late and to see that like, oh, this is late. And, you know, there are like strict rules, like if it's a day late or if it's like 
within there's like a three-day grace period or or whatever but then like after that you know they start there's like 50 dollar a day it's just like boom 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 you know so i imagine they have these strict rules because a lot of people you know are late <laughs> um yeah it's really yeah, interesting it, it, uh, go ahead i was just gonna say even with like the pandemic and, and stuff like a year ago i remember reaching out to him like personally and saying hey like you know i lost my job um how how can we you know work this out you know i want to stay and he said uh you know he was kind he was like you know we we still require like a payment or whatever but like you know we'll we'll try to work with you work out a payment plan or something um so and i definitely thought back to that like is this the same person that like Hmm. threw this massive bill at me and i don't know maybe it wasn't even him maybe it was the like the actual like realtor company that pushed something like that through by accident so yeah sorry what were you saying i just thought it was interesting because it sounds like you uh are really proud of how great of a tenant you are that seems like a, a pride point for you and when this happened it seems like that uh that kind of messed up your your whole perception of yourself or you, yeah, you I mean, felt like you had done something wrong or it's going to look like you did something wrong mm-hmm. even if you didn't you know you're going to have this record on your thing that says <laughs> right. i'm late because i you know even though right, maybe it wasn't yeah. your fault but now you're seen as this this dirt bag because mm-hmm. you know you're not i'm not you're not paying your water bill can that not affect your like credit score or something i i feel like it could um yeah i mean yeah, i'm man. not outside like you know sweeping the sidewalks or you know planting flowers or anything but um you know i try to be respectful nice just it's like normal and uh yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely hurt to see, and the and the fact that he hadn't gotten back to me, I imagine it was because yeah. now he was like super busy, just with a lot of people trying to you know rent or whatever. Um, but yeah, typically he'll get back to me within twenty four hours, and it had been you know well past twenty four hours. I shouldn't say well yeah. past, but you know. I even look back in my old emails to him and like he would reply around like 1 o'clock to me. So okay. I was like waiting for that time. I was like, this is the time that he checks his emails. And yeah, definitely it disrupted my <laughs> whole few days because uh I just kept like scrolling down, like scrolling it down to like refresh my emails, like, come on, come on. <laughs> That's the part that stood out to me is, you know, there's this part where having this heightened awareness and responsiveness when you see something like this is a good trait of yours, you know, to to have where you jump into action, you're asking questions, reaching out, making the phone call. You're not just sweeping it under the the rug and being like, well, I didn't have to pay that. You know, I don't have to pay that, whatever. 
it's, it'll go away or let him call me and try to get the money. See if he gets that money. You know, you, you took some <laughs> action to go try to write this, go talk with him, see if there was a mistake, what have you. So that part of it seems like a good response to me, just kind of coming in, hearing the situation. But what's fascinating is the part where then for two days or three days or a week or you know however long this ended up being, then you're anxious about it. And the that anxiety is what I think par- partially, you know, you're kind of motivated by some of that to do the right thing, to make that phone call, to reach out and to make it right. But that anxiety is the part that's really annoying, right? That's the part where like you had probably a, maybe not a bad day, but you had like a worse than your day would have normally been because of this for a couple of days here, because you're sitting there stewing and thinking and, you know, like all the possibilities of where am I going to get the money for this? Uh, you know, I don't want to pay this. Am I going to have to fight with this guy over the phone? Like nobody wants to have that conversation. Um, so just, just the human instincts or the human the double-sidedness of it where on the one side it motivates you to do a good thing but on the other side it can also go too far and cause you to have this sort of ongoing anxiety that doesn't necessarily make your life better but you can't turn it off I I imagine it it, you know is probably a very responsive feeling as opposed to something that you're you know you're not actively wanting to feel this anxiety it just is there because of the situation yeah I mean, because even though you would think it's their responsibility, I, I guess the landlord is kind of more like the mediator between me and like the actual like company. So mm. I feel like at the end of the day, it's on me, even though they should reach out or, you know, I I, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, at least after you know, <laughs> searching for like 10 minutes on Google about uh, <laughs> what, what landlord issues are like what they can and can't do. <laughs> uh, it seems to me that like there needs to be a notice on their end about something like that in advance a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like it's on me because if there's a late fee, um, you know, I think I'd have, I'd have to pay that. I, I mean, I could maybe go to court or something, but you know, it's like getting a speeding ticket. You can't, you almost just have to pay it. You can't, uh, I feel like there's not a whole bunch that you can get back from going to court and spending up being more effort to $50 of time. Yeah. Yeah. Marshall, Marshall, I think you really tapped into something there with the, um, when a situation like this arises and then how do we respond to it and deal with our anxiousness and worry? I'm sure that's something all three of us can relate to and anyone listening to this can relate to. Do you guys have any strategies or um, uh, things that have worked in the past for how to navigate a situation like that so that you don't spend your entire day kind of just like, brewing in your anger and worry and anxiousness and those negative emotions or David, have you, have you learned anything from this experience that you can, (laughs) you can recommend? Yeah. I mean, it's all hindsight, right? Um, 
so I, I don't know what I would have done differently other than just tell myself that it, you know, it's okay and it will get resolved and kind of like boost my, my anxiety the other way, you know, kind of flip it around. Um, cause uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't often experience these types of issues specifically, especially with like making payments. I'm on point all the time. So it was a tough one to, to navigate. I don't know what I would do next time, except think about this time. <laughs> In this case, do you think shifting your value of being this reliable and trustworthy tenant 100% of the time into like, sometimes I'm not a reliable <laughs> tenant. Uh, I don't know, change it, changing your values around just a little bit so that it's not so, so rigid Would that have helped things. Or is that even something you are, are interested in? Like, do you like being um, this, um, do you like having this value where you are a hundred percent reliable and a hundred percent amazing tenant? I guess if I was more aware of the rules about this, mm -hmm. perhaps I would be more relaxed about it. Um, I mean, it would be nice to be a little bit less tense about it. Because obviously, in hindsight, it's like, oh, it was it was basically nothing. Um, and he probably would have reached out to me before the weekend or maybe even on Monday because, you know, they're not open on the weekend. So um, let me try asking that differently. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you um, I heard you say, like, I'm I'm that I'm that guy that always makes payments on time. So that's a uh, like this value that you have that you're really proud of. Would changing it to, I'm a guy who tries to make payments on time, but sometimes I slip up. Do you think that's helpful so that you have more of a relaxed standard? Mm, I mean, probably. Like, I don't, and I'm sure this is already known, but like, I don't, I don't sit around like thinking about me being that guy it only came into play when this popped up. That's when my mind went back. Like, have I missed payments before? Have I, <laughs> did I do something to hurt him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's funny. Did I insult his family? Or, no, nothing. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it would be good to, to have that mindset. But that was actually the direction I was thinking, though, too, is the opposite of it. Instead of changing it to something softer, maybe it was my fault. Maybe it's OK if I make a mistake. The other version is also to sort of double down on it and say, no, 100 percent, it's not my fault. And this will get worked out because there's nothing for me. Like, I'm not to blame here. This will be fine because I know I've I know I cover my bases. Um I don't know if maybe going in that direction would be helpful because it sounds like you like there's all there's also sort of a conflict in the way you're telling the story is, yes, you're a good tenant. You always pay. But then when that bill came in, it sort of called that into question as well. 
So you're starting to be like, well, maybe I did miss something. Maybe there was a letter that I thought was junk mail and I threw it out and maybe I did miss something where if you were really, if you were really a hundred percent, maybe to the point of being, you know, at some point it gets stupid, you know, like there's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm per-, you know, like overconfidence. Right. But at the same time, like if you, if you were more, uh, cause the, the other, there were two things. One was sort of that confidence of knowing, Hey, I did pay all my stuff. It's going to work out because I know that I'm not in the wrong on this. The other thing though is, and I don't know how you like practice this so much, but just, and maybe using this as an experience, like file this away. So if it happens again, you have this memory of it, but just having the experience of this type of thing, like if you don't have this happen very often, which it sounds like you don't, then it's the first time and you don't, it's hard to deal with it because you're like, I don't know how my landlord is to get a hold of. I don't know if it takes him a week usually, or if he's usually a day turnaround, there's all these questions that you don't necessarily know the answer to. So that's what the anxiety comes up from, right? Because there's a lot of unknowns and potentially bad side unknowns where if you were, were that dirtbag tenant who was always late, you would probably have a much different experience of knowing okay yeah the landlord sometimes takes a week to get back um okay yeah the landlord really isn't going to take me to court if it's three days late or oh you know i can actually make it a week before they really get really nasty and start turning off my water you know you would have this this (laughs) other stuff in your mind that you would know um and maybe that's not a good thing to test out right but it makes me think that that would probably help your anxiety because like anything you know the more exposure you have to something the less it's going to rattle you typically unless it i mean on one side i guess it could turn into a phobia also but typically you have that more experience and so you start to realize okay maybe this is a normal thing for him i don't know if it was out of the ordinary for him but maybe it's a normal thing for him to take a couple days to get back with you you know without the experience it's hard to know i like that idea of doubling down I am the most reliable tenant. <laughs> I can't be wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the first time that that's ever happened. Um, so for sure, you know, now that we're talking about it, the next time I, w- I don't know that I would double down, but I'd be like, it's probably, it's, it's, uh, it's another mistake because, you know, I have my lease. I've read it. I know what it's about. And yeah, I'll, I would probably just reach out to him once next time mm. and just be patient for him to get, get back to me instead of uh, calling his phone multiple times, texting him, and then calling <laughs> the realtor uh, company finally. So oh, yeah, that that, that's him. a cool lesson. <laughs> it's, it's almost like realizing that the portal might be wrong. And until you have that conversation don't get worked up about it or don't get, you know, maybe it is bad, but there's nothing you're going to be able to do until you have that conversation with him. And then if it goes bad from there, then worry about it. (laughs) But otherwise the portal might be wrong. Let's have a conversation, see what needs to be done. And hopefully, hopefully it works out. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for bringing this up. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's very relatable because yeah, I, um, yeah, I think everybody has these types of situations where they, get an unexpected bill and then they get really worked up about it. And usually in my experience, I always have to end up paying the money. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a at least not in the US where I'm like it was a mistake and I don't have to pay. I almost always have to pay and it's always this yeah it, it's usually a number that I it's large enough to upset me. <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 a weird experience. Like you just kind of have to let it go almost or you end up yeah. just draining yourself trying to fight it. Yeah. And eventually like it's almost better just to pay it and let it go, I guess. I in my, in my experience, I don't know. That's um mm. because if you just keep fighting it, god, it's it's, it's terrible. Yeah. You end up paying more, right? <laughs> in in your lifespan. Like I've probably lost two years of my life trying to fight medical bills that I felt were unfair. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. And you're I the one who doesn't go to bag. the doctor, right? <laughs> or no wonder why you don't like going to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Another story for another time. <laughs> Stay tuned for the yeah, Bryce fights later. the doctors. Bryce v. Doctors. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll jump into mine. And basically, I wanted to share with you guys my experience getting couples counseling. My wife and I started that uh, three or four weeks ago. I think this, this week will be our fifth, fourth, fourth session. Yeah. And... It's one of those things that we've talked about quite a bit on this show, just like the idea of getting coaching or counseling, uh, solo counseling, solo coaching, or couples counseling as well. I think that's uh, a topic that's been kind of a recurring thing. Hmm. And as far as I know, this will be the first time one of us jumped into it uh, in the in the more traditional way of doing it. I've had, I've talked about the email exchanges I had with a coach, Dan from Brojo. I wouldn't call that the official coaching that we described though. And yeah, I wanted to see if you guys had any questions because I know, I know it's something that you both have expressed interest in. So this is kind of a, ask me anything if you want to ask me anything. And if not, I'll just talk about my experience. And I I think it might also be interesting to talk about how to describe it, whether you describe it as counseling or coaching, because I just find it interesting which word to use when I'm telling people what it is, because I've talked to yeah. I've talked to people about it. There's like levels and when, coaching, counseling, yeah, and therapy. Therapy all, is like another all, level of <laughs> all of them sound wrong right? Like coaching sounds like yeah. a euphemism. In this case, coaching sounds like a euphemism for therapy. And if you use the word therapy, then that sounds like your marriage is in shambles and you're about yeah. to get divorced. The court ordered this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then counseling also has that same stigma as therapy, maybe just a little less so in my mind. Yeah. So I, I switch back and forth between coaching and counseling. I, I think I've settled on counseling. Uh, yeah. I like counseling, I think, but mm. I, I know what you mean. The the initial, what's going on? Are you guys <laughs> right. okay? You know? Right. Because and it almost so, sounds like things are too, it's like too late when you say. <laughs> right. Well, because most of the time that's when people go for help. Like mm -hmm. 
we wait until stuff's terrible and it's almost, you know, I can't imagine being a coach or a counselor or a therapist and be like, listen, if you'd come to me a, a year ago, I could help you, but, or, you know, 10 years ago, I could help you, but now I don't know what I can do. <laughs> like you guys made up your minds already. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're opening up to sharing about it. Cause I, I am very curious. Um, but I know it can be something personal. So if there's stuff that we're asking, you know, just boundaries, if you come up against anything, just let us know. But yeah, yeah shoot for it. <laughs> David, did you have any specific questions? Otherwise, I was just going to say maybe just share a little bit about the format and some I of mean, it. We no, nothing in. super specific. Um, I was kind of curious because I was thinking coaching, counseling. I kind of like the coaching aspect but i i was it made me curious uh how much how much uh advice is she giving you versus just like listening uh to all of the you know all of the all of the issues <laughs> like is it like 50 50 is she talking quite a bit or is it more listening and then she's like okay this 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 hmm. and you're like cool good question no, it's a, uh, it's definitely however we want it to be. We we guide the process more or less, and she kind of just allows it to be whatever it is. Like uh, the first, yeah, I guess the we had the introductory session where she got to know us a little bit, and we talked about what we were, what we were trying to improve on, and what we were going through. And then the second two, almost like the first half of it was just my wife and I talking out our, our issue and explaining our issue to somebody else. Like we just, we just got to talk. She just let us talk, talk to each other. And it's so far, it's just been amazing because we, hmm. we got to really explain our feelings and our perspective about the issue with mm -hmm. somebody else and then just have them listen and allow us to be heard. And that's the, that's one of the, the greatest things about it so far is like, I just feel like I'm allowed to be heard without having to solve it just immediately with my wife. I can mm -hmm. explain my feelings, explain my questions, explain my confusion, all of my emotions in kind of this comfortable mm. space and also hear my wife explain what she's feeling and her experience of the situation. And I just get to listen to her mm -hmm. instead of um, trying to solve it. And then yeah. getting feedback from somebody who now we trust she she gives us i would say to answer your question she gives us advice when we ask for it because i ask for her thoughts directly like i'll say okay what do i do in this situation and then she will suggest something and then we can talk through that suggestion and even practice it right then and there like i can practice the suggestion with my wife and if my wife likes it and that can be something that we hold on to if not like so far what i've learned is like she doesn't have one size fits all answers 
she'll suggest something and we can kind of push back on it or we mm. can say, oh, wow, let's try it. And mm. yeah, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the percentage is, but it's definitely, I don't feel like we're being taught any, we're not, you know, it's not like she's teaching us. It's yeah, more like she's pulling it out. Program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more like she's just pulling out everything that we need to talk about and then kind of she does a really good job of summarizing our feelings mm -hmm. and making sure that our feelings are accurate and then asking both my wife and i how we feel about what the other person said yeah there's there's a lot to it but it definitely doesn't feel like you're being told this is right this is wrong this is what you should do mm -hmm unless we directly ask for it it's a lot different than i expected mm. but it sounds sounds really good or do i sign up <laughs> yeah it, it seemed like even after i, I want to say it was day one of the introductory meet and greet uh, session that you guys had it seemed like you were already like oh this is going to be a good thing um, and then since then, it seems like basically each week or each time I've heard anything about it, it's been a, this is great. Why is everybody not doing this? You know, um, so I wonder if you could share some things that maybe you've like insights that you've seen or, or yeah, I want to share that this. you've made stuff like that kind of stuff. I want to share this story because last night we got a opportunity in the wild to practice what we've learned. Oh, cool. Okay. It was like, it was literally a miracle. Like we've never handled this situation as well as we did last night. Wow. And okay. I'm, I'm genuinely amazed at how we handled the situation. <laughs> like, That's awesome. All right. So I'll, I'll set it up a little bit. Um, my wife and I spent most of the day together yesterday and I, I went and played basketball with a, a guy I'd met and then I came back and uh, we kind of made plans for the day. We, we went grocery shopping together. Everything was good. Everybody's in a good mood. Um, we got back from, from grocery shopping and my wife really wanted to make Chinese dumplings because we hadn't, you know, she's Chinese and we haven't had Chinese food or she hasn't had the chance to really cook her special Chinese dishes here in Mexico yet. So she was really excited about that. And making dumplings is, I don't know if, how familiar you guys are with the process, but it's a pretty long and arduous process <laughs> when you're making handmade dumplings. You know, she's rolling the dough and making the dough and preparing all the meat. And it's about a good three or three hour, four hour ordeal. And I was not involved in this whatsoever. You know, I'm just on the couch learning how to day trade or something. I, I, I was just going down a YouTube rabbit hole or something or working on the, the blog. I was not involved in the dumpling making process. And then, so I was in the room for a few hours while she was doing it. And then I went up to uh, the bedroom and listened to a podcast. Or, uh, took a nap or something. Anyway, four hours later, I appear. And I was very excited about the day trading stuff. I had just made a trade and I was so excited. So I, um, I come into the kitchen and I'm just like, 
honey, I have to tell you about this day trading thing. I just made a trade. It's crypto. And uh, this is how you do it when you, when the, the, when the candles this high and uh, like all of this, <laughs> all this stuff. And she's like, kind of pretending to be excited and, and whatnot. And then she's like, after I, I kind of vomit out all of my excitement, she, um, she's like, she gets kind of serious and has a look of disappointment in her face. She's just like, I want you to notice what's going on instead of just being in your bubble all of the time and um, mm-hmm. only focusing on the things you're excited about. I want you to pay attention sometimes to what I'm doing and maybe notice the experience that I'm having and that this is that I've been making dumplings for four hours and you're not even saying anything about it or observing it or, Mm -hmm. and I promise you in the past, at that point, I would have gone into full defense mode and just started defending my behavior and explaining kind of why I'm right or why I have done this or that. And why are you being so sensitive? And, you know, these types of things, basically kind of defending my actions. And this is one of the things that we worked through, we talked through in one of the sessions because it had happened a week or two previously. Hmm. How do I handle a situation where I feel criticized and I need to go into defense mode because I feel attacked Hmm. because that's my MO. You know, I just go into like, I've got to defend myself. And the, 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 the big takeaway from the session was I need to just be with her at that moment and apologize for not being there or not Hmm. kind of just say sorry (laughs) and ask her what she needs and what she wants at that moment and then listen. Just listen to her response to what do you need from me? What do you want? What can I do to help you out right now? Hmm. And then respond to whatever she says. (laughs) And another thing that I learned was we kind of have to bring some levity to the situation Hmm. instead of getting so bogged down and so serious. That's, that's Hmm. the, the other thing that I've, I realized about myself, like I get, when I go into defense mode and get super serious, I get super serious and super like uh, rigid. And in those situations, like find a way to keep it light somehow, like keep it. um, Yeah. Light. I think that's a good way to put it. You know, we've talked about changing the our language patterns and using funnier words and, you know, silly words instead of such serious words. And in that situation, I, for the first time, I think for the first time ever, I was just able to go up to her and like pat her on the back, say, that's okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not noticing you. What can I do to help you right now? What do you need? And I was able to ask those questions. And honestly, it felt really fake when I was doing it, but I just kept doing it. I stuck with it. 
you know, I just kept going, like, what do you need? And the more I, the more I did that, the more she kind of just opened up. And at first it felt really icy, you know, like she was still, you know, it, it didn't work immediately. Right. Right. <laughs> but, um, and that's my problem. I'll say one thing, <laughs> maybe usually. Yeah. But then I'll say one thing, it doesn't work. And then I go back to defense. <laughs> yeah. It, it took, it took about 10 of those. What do you need? What do you mm. want for it to kind of thaw a little bit? But when it started to thaw, suddenly, you know, it, it became lighter really quickly, like it probably five or 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe of just listening and trying to understand what she wanted from me at that moment. And I've learned from the session that it's almost never for me to solve her problems <laughs> or to solve anything. It's almost always just listen, ask what she ask what she wants. And anyway, it was just like a, a miracle because before the whole night would have been ruined and the la the next few days would have been terrible. Hmm. Because we would have gotten into an argument and then I we wouldn't have eaten dinner together and we would have gone in separate rooms and ignored each other for the next couple of days and that is the loop that we were stuck in. And we were able to have dinner together, have a really fun time and laugh and um, congratulate each other. <laughs> like the first, <laughs> by the time, you know, after the 10th, what do you need? What do you want? How can I help? My wife was just like, all right, we got our money's worth from this therapy stuff. <laughs> it's like nice. it, wor it worked <laughs> and uh, it is i was just so proud of how we handled that situation yeah dude congrats that's uh that is wonderful to hear yeah thanks it, it just gives me a lot of hope because i was so down i thought that we would never get out of that that loop and now i kind of see a <laughs> see some hope in yeah. us you guys yeah. are like Neo, like seeing the Matrix code <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> like, uh, no, that's really sorry. cool. Did did you? So it sounds like Lisi actually brought the levity, at least you know, ten minutes in with saying we're getting our money's worth from the therapy. That that's that's classic. <laughs> did well, uh, I was trying? I was trying. I I had it in the back of my mind, like okay. Pay attention to your body language, pay attention to your mm -hmm. facial expressions, pay attention to your word choice, try to, try to be light. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was going to add, did you say anything or do you remember anything that like examples of anything that you did maybe differently than you would have? I mean, obviously it sounds like the whole process was different, but anything where you in interjected some lightness or levity? I'm not sure how effective it was, but I I know that that was one of the first times I was able to get close to her in a situation like that and, you know, do the pat on the back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, the, the physical touching where it's a little more um, before I, I was just like incapable of that. You know, I, when I felt attacked, my reaction was to back away. You know, mm -hmm. this person is a threat. Mm -hmm. This person's trying to hurt me. And 
that's another thing that I realized, like, I think in our first session, I had this big light bulb moment. It's going to sound so obvious, but our, our counselor, she was able to pull it out of me that my wife doesn't want to hurt me. You know, mm-hmm. she, her intentions are always good. Almost always, <laughs> but like almost always her intentions are, are good. Like she means well, she's not trying to hurt me. She's not trying to attack me. She's not trying to make me feel small or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Her intentions are good. And just realize, just keeping that in the back of my mind, like hmm. it feels like criticism, but maybe that's something going on with me. An- another thing that mm-hmm. she's helping us separate <laughs> the first, the first session, we talked about different layers like how we have different layers in this relationship. How we have our personal layer and then this relationship layer and then multiple layers on top of that. But oftentimes we'll bring in that personal layer into the relationship layer. And when I feel criticized, that could just be something I need to work on about my own mm-hmm. <clears throat> insecurities or the way I react to things. and. Mm-hmm. just having that that understanding that she's not trying to hurt me she's not trying to uh, you know her intentions are good if i feel criticized i need to evaluate what's going on in my head hmm. i don't know i can't even remember your original question hopefully that that answers it <laughs> yeah it does i yeah like i was asking about Really, I don't even know. It was about levity or something, but just hearing the different experiences, I think that's what, you know, about the whole process. I don't necessarily have questions about like the mechanics of it. I, I mean, I kind of did, but I think you've sort of answered some of that as far as how the sessions go. It, it you know, um, but yeah, I'm just curious about the different like actual practical examples of, okay, this is where we came into, we had this, because everything you're saying is very relatable to me is, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a Bryce in that situation before counseling, you know, it's like, I feel attacked. And so I either go into DC attack mode back or defense mode, or I just close down because I think that somehow that's better than engaging that definitely goes bad. So I think just not saying anything, closing down, walking away, whatever. But really, that's not helpful either because it's just ignoring it and thinking that's going to go away. Um, so yeah, other other stuff that uh, that you've thought of or, or has happened in your yeah. This past week, she gave us uh, some homework, and it was a a values test because uh, I think she's it's the same thing Dan preaches too is that values and understanding your values and understanding your partner's values. It's really important. Mm. So uh, that values test was really interesting. It was a lot better than the other values assessments I've, I've taken. We can get into that if you want, but um, the, the, the thing that I'm realizing and, you know, it's going to sound ridiculous that I haven't really realized this already said I'm a very stubborn and idealistic person and I 
really struggle with needing to be right all of the time, mm-hmm. or I need to prove my point, or I need things to be equitable and fair in the relationship where each mm-hmm. person is, is doing the right thing all of the time and, and all of this. And I realized that's not a value I want anymore. The values test, it, it, was, it was interesting because it had you identify values that you have, but you don't want to have. Oh, so and I always cool. thought about values in a positive way. Like I want to be yeah. peaceful and, and all of this. But this, this was the first time I'd taken a test where it's like, what values are you living by that you don't mm. want? And one of them was, well, a lot of them that I wrote down were mm. these self-righteous, idealistic kind of things where I have to be right. And mm. I remember there's, a, I, I'm not sure if this is the exact quote, but Esther Perel, she, the quote, something like, you can be right or you can be married. <laughs> and that's totally me. You know, I, I'm going to try to approach these situations with more humility now and not needing to prove my point all of the time or trying to teach somebody anything or teach her something or um, get her to be convinced of my, my, my point of view. Like I can uh, try to approach it with some humility and just say, I'm sorry, what do you need from me now? Mm. And I like the idea of finding out about my wife's values. I'm excited to do that. And also working on these values that I don't want to have anymore (laughs) and trying to get rid of them. That's a great point. I, it's one of those things I couldn't have put my finger on, but I like the idea of living by my values but I haven't come across a test that gives me the answer to what my values are. Mm-hmm. I just end up coming up with, well, I guess I value honesty and love and truth. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, you know, and they all are good things, <laughs> but it's like the ones that you're actually living by are not good things, or maybe you shouldn't even classify them as good and bad. Or, you know, it's like, how do you get to that point of knowing what they really are? Like, what are you actually taking action and living your life on? Um, maybe I've, it's not I've love and truth and rainbows, you know. I've talked about how it's easier for me to think about the things that I don't want than the things that I do want. Yeah, and then kind of just doing Reverse things yeah. that lead me to a life where I don't have those things <laughs> yeah. in my life anymore. Yeah. Um, so was that a test that she created? Uh, it was a Google Sheet. I can ask if I can share it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you can just take four columns. The four columns are values that I have and that I I, I want to have, values that I have and I don't want to have, values that I ideally want, like your ideal values, Okay. and then values that I don't have and and don't want to have. Did I say that right? don't want to have and don't have that's cool Mm -hmm. so that far list don't have and don't want to have that was the the one that was rarest for me it was like beauty and luxury (laughs) i don't care about beauty or luxury yeah but knowing that is interesting because somebody else could be trying to give you these things 
Mm. And you're like, I don't want them and I don't want to have, or I don't have them and I don't want, and I don't want to have them. And somebody's over there trying to be like, no, but Bryce, you need to care about beauty or luxury. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, If you guys are thinking about it now or thinking about it in the future, I encourage you to, to check it out. Is how is Lisi's how has Lisi been a participant of this? So when you started it, were you trying to get her into it or was she reluctant or what was her? I know it's tough to like speak for her, but <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on? Her, was, it was pretty clear. Process has been it was um, we had a epic fight and we were talking about whether you should use counseling or coaching. I think our situation had reached the counseling, if not, <laughs> if not therapy, <laughs> word association. Um, I was at a breaking point. Like I, I have to do something about this because I'm not going to live the rest of my life being in this loop. I'm not going to say we were at the point of breaking up or anything like that, but it was not good. And it was something that I'd been tolerating you know, for the 10 or nine or 10 years we've been together. And I just asked her directly or told her directly, like, we have to do something. And what, what we're doing right now isn't working. So are you open to getting the counseling? And she said, yes. And that was that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely uh, interested. Um, you don't have to share the, the sheet thing with me, but I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, get the contacts or something to look into that. Yeah. If you wanted to try it out, you could essentially just take a long list of values and apply those four columns to it. That's, that's all it is. There's lots of uh, quizzes and and stuff online. There's one that's really good. I can, I can link it to you. Sweet. Yeah. It's, it's uh, been a really positive experience and wanted to share it with you guys yeah thanks for thanks for sharing about it i'm curious as it goes you know assuming you guys keep going with it for a bit it's just curious to hear how it how you continue to learn more stuff it, it sounds cool for sure keep us posted <laughs> all right well i wanted to talk about really brothers and sisters i i don't have a i don't necessarily have a problem in this area in my life but I realized it's something that is probably a big part of my life that we haven't really talked about together. Um, and then I wanted to see, because it's something that's a big part of my life, I wanted to open it up for you guys as well and see, is it a big part of your life, your brothers and sisters? Um, and just kind of get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of you guys starting, actually, if you if you feel comfortable. Um, but really, I was just like, how many brothers and sisters do you have? How did you grow up? Like, were you, you know, where are you in the mix? How were your relationships then growing up? And then now, how are they and how have they changed? You know, do you want them to change differently? Those kind of questions is what I'm what I'm thinking about. I'll, I'll jump in with the answers, but you'll have to remind me of the questions because I kind of blanked out there. As soon as that first question reminded me of the the, e, the ESL classes that we used to teach, like, 
you know, that the very beginner level classes. How many brothers do you have? <laughs> How many sisters do you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. The the how many lesson. Yeah, how many and then relations like uncles and aunts and nieces. <laughs> the fa- and the family and tree. Yeah. <laughs> the family tree was the ultimate like time killer if you ever wanted to oh kill time God. in a class. Let's go through <laughs> your entire family lineage. <laughs> what is Love his it. name? What is her name? <laughs> That's hilarious. Super educational. And uh it you're right, it does help to take up some time (laughs) well and and it's one of those ones where when you're teaching only in english as i was at least there's a word that could easily describe this and everybody would know where we're on the same page like saying nephew in the target or the not the target language but in in their language right um but because it's in English, you go through all these convoluted. Okay, so your dad. Okay, now your dad has a your brother, dad. and then your brother has a son, and you have to, you know, they have to know what a dad and brother and son all mean. And then you can say, okay, that that and is then, a cousin. And they're like, what? Then there will always be that smartass student who, like, once yes. they realize it, they'll say yes. it in Chinese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, <laughs> I love that moment. Okay, now we can get on to the actual lesson, you know, instead of just explaining family trees and how they work. (laughs) Yes, five minutes of ESL inside jokes. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, do you uh, do either of you guys want to start off with maybe some growing up stories? Or I I can jump in it too. I can can go. Um, Go for it. Mine's a little complicated. So my dad has a son from his previous marriage. So I have a half brother who's about 10 years older than me. And he's always been in our our lives, but obviously not as close to, you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with him as a kid. You know, I'd see him every now and then, but he was already in college when I was in elementary school, so we've always had that separation. But now I consider him, you know, he's my brother and I'm, I can go to him with anything. And I, I respect him a lot as a man. And he's always been there for me when I needed help. And he's helped me with a lot of situations where I couldn't, I didn't have, um, maybe I didn't feel comfortable going to my parents or I didn't have a, the friend in my life who I could go to for that that situation, and he's always been there. I I will say I spent a lot of my life feeling a little jealous of him, though, because he's that he's that uh, I I don't know you know the big house and the white picket fence and the high paying corporate job and you know kind of the definition of success in America, kind of. He's kind of made it and he's, I've always felt like he was a lot closer to my dad than I could be because my dad could always relate to him in ways that I couldn't really relate. You know, like they can talk about, I don't know, managerial stuff and 
uh, the ins and outs of, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not that nine to five guy and my brother's totally that guy. And I felt like they had this dynamic that I was kind of jealous of, but about two years ago, I worked through that. I talked to my, talked to my dad about it and talked to my brother about it. And we're, you know, there are so many misunderstandings and I was just creating a narrative in my head. My brother always tells me how jealous he is of me, how he um, envies the freedom that I have and the, the nomad lifestyle kind of thing. So, you know, grass is always greener kind of thing. My sisters are completely different. I have two younger sisters. We're separated, but one is two years younger. One is four years younger. And we grew up doing everything together. We were homeschooled together. We were really close as as little kids. Around middle school, when I went into public school and my sisters remained in homeschool and I had a rough experience with the the public school transition, during that time, I kind of shut down and kind of shut off from them and shut off from my whole family. And during those two years, I think a lot changed in our relationships. And I'm sure it also has to do with just becoming a teenager and going through puberty and, you know, things change from a lot changes from elementary school to middle school. I uh, definitely lost the closeness during that time. Hmm. And I don't, it it definitely hasn't ever, it, it definitely hasn't recovered or we've, I wouldn't say we're close at all. Um, which I guess is a, a little sad. Um, I feel like I can talk to them, but I also feel like they have an impression of me that isn't accurate to who I am today. Like they have a, I think they're living with the older impression that is deeply rooted in things that I've said to them and did to them and behave the way I behaved as a teenager and as a mm. young adult and now as a 34 year old man i'm not sure i don't think they appreciate or i don't know if appreciates the right word but i don't think they understand me or they don't understand where I, where i'm at in life right now i think they're still living by the like 18 year old bryce who used to cause fights at thanksgiving dinner and pick on them and stuff like that i, I don't think <laughs> And of course, this is also my, you know, I'm to blame here too, but um, yeah, maybe that's a good, good stopping point. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks for, <clears throat> thanks for kind of talking through How about you, David. Um, yeah, mine's, yeah, I think it's a little different. I don't, I don't have any half um, brothers or sisters, but I guess the thing is uh, the difference in age. So like, I have an older brother and sister. Well, I have, I, have an, I have two older sisters and an older brother. My closest sister in age to me was the sister that I essentially grew up with because my brother and sister older than us are, you know, they're like 15 years older. So you know, they, they came over, you know, they popped in here and there, but yeah, like, I think kind of like what Bryce said with his, uh, half brother, they were like in college and 
kind of out of the house um, by the time I was old enough. And, you know, they, they did come around and stuff. And, you know, we hung out like, just like an older brother, older sister, my brother would, you know, always have like a cool car and he would, you know, he's an engineer and, uh, you know, kind of successful in that way. He, uh, I think he graduated with an, uh, aerospace engineering or something like that, but ended up, uh, doing like programming so it was always cool to have him like come come around and like take me around in his car and you know zoom around here and there um and uh yeah my sister my the sister that's closest to his age mm, again it's similar yeah like she would she would come and we would hang out during you know christmas thanksgiving she'd pop by but um not a whole lot of communication, but, you know, I, I had no issues with them. I mean, maybe there's some repressed <laughs> memories that they like picked on me or something, but I, I really just remember, you know, all good things uh, with them. And the sister closest to me, um, who's a, a couple years older, I think it was almost kind of like, a typical growing up where you know up to maybe age 10 or 11 we would you know fight and stuff and have arguments but ever since 12 or 13 because we're so we're you know closer in age um there's never been any like big issues you know i she would always have friends over and i'd always want to like hang out with them you know when I was when I was younger, like nine or ten or whatever, um, so yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed uh, I enjoyed growing up with a with a sibling. Yeah. So we kind of had stuff to do, hanging out and you know playing games together and <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if that answers all the questions, but that's uh, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of gives fills in some details because I I I knew some of that about both of you, but not all of it actually. Um, even though it it does seem like we've talked about some of it, you know, here and offline and just in general. Uh, so yeah, part part of why I wanted to talk about it was because of my brothers and sisters and everything, and then part of it is you know as a parent, just I'm curious about how. We have, we have three kids, so um, there's the dynamics that go on with them that I'm trying to think back on my experience and how it was, and then seeing how it relates to them as as they're growing up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can share a little bit about sort of my experience as well. So I have, uh, I'm the oldest um, of five of us. Um, my <clears throat> My next brother down is something like 18 months, I think, something like that, 18 months, two years, something like that, uh, younger than I am. Um, and we were always really close. And I think when we were really young, we were probably both shy. I know I was like the stories told about me as I was really, really shy as a, as a little kid. But as I got older, um, older as in, you know, maybe 
eight or 10 or something like that, I started to open up a little bit more. And at least between the two of us, I was the one who was sort of the, the talker or the, the older brother leader stereotypical. I don't know if it's a stereotype, but that type of thing. Um, and he was always the more like go along with brother. Uh, and then, so then I have another brother who's, uh, I guess five years younger than I am. And he was always growing up. It felt like the three of us because the others are separated by more, more time we'll get into here, but, uh, it felt like the three of us. So he felt like the youngest brother, this one who's five years younger than I am. And so he was kind of the, the daredevil or the, you know, he has a brother who's five years older. So he would hang out with us. I, you know, he learned how to ride a bike when he was like a, you know, no training wheel type bike when he was probably, I think he was like two or something ridiculous. Cause he was just, he would see a bike there. And if he wanted to catch up and be with us, he was trying to figure it out by himself. Like I remember learning how to ride a bike, like with my dad, it was a big deal. I got a bike from a grandpa or whoever it was and out there learning. I don't remember when my, when <laughs> he just picked it up somehow, you know? Um, so he was not as close, but as we got older, it got closer because that five-year gap didn't seem as, you know, when I'm, when I'm eight and he's three, he's kind of the brother who's tagging along and I always loved him and we were close and we were homeschooled growing up. So we spent a ton of time together, but he seemed like a, like a younger brother type thing where, you know, when you're 25 and 20 stuff starts to mesh together to get quicker. Um, and then sort of to fast forward now, he's, uh, also married and my other, uh, brother isn't and and so now we share a lot of commonalities he has three kids i have three kids he lives in town you know so there's a lot of shared things there so i think we've gotten closer in some ways because of some of that um anyway and then i have a sister who is 11 years younger and i remember when she you know hearing that we were about to have a sister and it was like a big deal like what we didn't think we were having you know like i didn't think i was gonna have any other i thought 11 years was a crazy span of time um and so there's probably even more distance there because she's the younger uh, sister, you know, um, and she's she's the girl in the family, too. So, we, you know, we were like the pack of brothers who were doing stuff, building tree houses and riding bikes and playing basketball. And then she was kind of really separate as far as what we played with. And just because I was so, you know, the time frame. And then I'm getting ready to go to college. I graduated uh, from homeschooling and uh and we we find out that we have another uh turns out a, a brother who's about to be born so he's 17 years younger than i am i think and uh then i thought well the 11 years isn't a big deal anymore 17 has got to be that's that's crazy um and he's the one that i feel the least close to because he's and now even it feels like a it just feels it's really i have to be I don't know if careful is the right word, but I, I sometimes don't know how to relate because the time is so different, but also because my son Gage is a year younger than he is. So they hang out and play together. So it's like an uncle nephew in relationship, but it's more like a brother, you know, a brother that you don't see every day type relationship, you know, um, they live in town here in, in Louisville. So we probably see them once a month or so um, between all of our kids and and uh my brother's kids and everybody there's like a birthday every month so even if we're just getting together for random birthdays or hey what's going on we usually see them pretty frequently 
So anyway, yeah, that's kind of our our setup. And that also sort of shares a little bit about how it is now. Um, my sister doesn't live in, she, she started doing uh, ballet when she was, I don't know, she was probably, I don't know, five or six or something. And at the time it was like, she was too late already because there had been people who were already in there. Maybe she was older than that. I don't know. But um, <laughs> she, I just remember she was late getting into ballet as like a six-year-old or whatever it is because ballet people are crazy and they start when they're like two. But anyway, so she started taking these ballet lessons and really took them all the time and is now uh, a ballerina somewhere um, in Mississippi. So we don't really see her super often. And she's the one that I have tried to keep in touch with. Um, usually it's like text texting back and forth with each other. We don't really call and talk very much. But um, even to this day, the brother who I'd probably feel the comfortablest comfortableest talking with is the one that's closest to me followed by the one that's next followed by her followed by you know in that sort of order so it's kind of interesting how time and growing up all certainly affects relationships basically forever you know how close you can get to people and all that so yeah I just kind of wanted to talk about it because like I said you know kind of our dynamics your dynamics and to me as an adult I think that when I talk to people, my brothers and sisters are a huge part of like who I am in a lot of ways. Like now our interaction where I think we're probably closer than a lot of people are with their uh, brothers and sisters, but I don't know because I don't actually talk to people about it very often. So currently I think I'm closer to my brothers and sisters than most people are. Um, but as an adult, somehow I have this weird thing where I don't know if everybody's, um, like, does everybody have that same experience? And then do I just feel like a kid still because I still, you know, hang out with my brothers and sisters and type, type thing? And I'm like, do other people do that? And, and just nobody ever talks about it? Or is it because people don't actually have good relationships with their brothers and sisters? Um, so it's one of those things I don't actually talk about very often with people unless they know. Um because like, there's a lot of mutual friends that we have shared between my brothers and sisters. So they know all of us or they grew up with us or, you know, so in those cases, obviously it's, it's like an open thing, but yeah, with other people, it just doesn't come up. It's not, you know, and I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's something like I'm hiding, but it just, it's, it's one of those things like how long have we talked? And I don't know that we've had a conversation about brothers and sisters particularly, but I'm like, yeah, I, I probably see them and talk to them as much or more than anybody that I know, you know, it's pretty cool to talk about family dynamics like this. And yeah. See what we can pull from it. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah. To your point about how we, the three of us have not talked about it. My guess would be because my siblings aren't really a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's probably not something I have much to share about other than, to talk about the past. Right. And that's kind of what we share now, you know, when we hang out, when we hang out with each other now, you know, whenever that is, it was more frequent, obviously when we were living in Kentucky, but uh, even then most of the interactions would be reminiscing about the past, mm -hmm. not so much the, uh, any type of closeness when it comes to what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So right. I, I think that's pretty interesting that you have that. And it's kind of weird to me that you feel almost embarrassed by it. That seems like a a cool thing to have in your life. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, when I was talking, when I said it just a second ago, it kind of it brought me back to the conversation I had about talking about being Filipino. Because it's not it's weird. It's not, um, you know, it, I, I wonder if like, growing up because I was the there, there was a lot of um, because I was the oldest and I don't know, we just did a bunch of weird stuff like homeschooling and church and probably those were the two big ones. But they're, you know, dietary stuff or, you know, they're just always felt like we were a weird family. Right. Um, and then as the oldest brother, I think I took on some responsibility of trying to feel like I was, you know, the leader of the, not of the whole family, but of like our, our pack of, you know, brothers and sisters type thing. Um, so my identity, I think is tied to them in a lot of ways. And so there's this side of me that, that is very proud of it. And I think that like the reason why I like want to have kids and have a family is, is in some way to um, like recreate or I don't know if recreate is the right word, but to share that because I thought it was a cool thing growing up. Um, but there's also this sort of distancing where I also want to step out and be like, but no, like I'm a normal, like I'm, I'm a individual person and I'm an individual, we're an individual family because it was really easy to be like, oh, they're the Joneses and we're like lumped together. So there's like an, you know, for me at trying to be like an individual or trying to um, you know, not be seen as my father's son or Ted's brother or, you know, whatever the other sort of relationship is. Um, but, but yeah, some of it, it just isn't embarrassment either. It's just that like, I'm close to my brothers and sisters and I'm like, are other people like this too? And they just don't talk about it or, you know, so it's also just kind of wanting to know other people, like how, how do other people relate to their, um, like friends and neighbors and all that. Like, I'm curious about all that type of stuff. And, you know, so just having a, an intentional conversation about it is it's like, oh, well, that's probably the easy way to find out stuff like, okay, so it sounds like, you know, at least for you, Bryce, you you didn't have that, at least not continuing through to today. Um, so it helps me know like about you too, you know. I will say that kind of like you in the way you are with the brother who's married and has kids and how you didn't feel as close to him growing up, it sounds like. and But now those similarities brought you all closer together. Mm -hmm. I will say that that is true about my um, one of my sisters. Yeah. As, as she's gotten older and um, more things, our lifestyles have become more similar mm -hmm. than they were, especially in like high school and early 20s. We were very much different, different people nothing in common yeah, whatsoever yeah. and now that our lifestyles are a little more aligned it is easier to relate to her it's easier mm -hmm. to have a conversation about something that's not just past memories like we can talk about marriage right. or we can talk right. about um being an adult you know getting a job yeah adult, yeah, adulting yeah. finances yeah. you know the things that adults do like there's there's a lot of overlap now and yeah. And we still do have that family 
tie where we feel comfortable with each other and we can talk to each other and we love each other. So we feel safe in that relationship. At least I do. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it is cool how age can kind of bring you together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely it is. It's like the shared experiences can, I hadn't really thought about that. I thought of it in terms of family, but yeah, my, that brother who's, <clears throat> excuse me, who's married is also in a, like he, he's working sort of a nine to five. It's um, he's a carpenter. And so he has a different type of job than I do, but a similar in schedule type of job. So they're juggling like, you know, where, who watches the kids, what, you know, what she's working, what are their daycare and, you know, all those types of like mundane questions that my other brothers and sister are just aren't in that part of life. So there's no, you know, what my other brother talks about is like, we'll talk about being, uh, you know, musicians or something like that. Cause that's what he's doing. You know, he's, you know, so what, what about you, David, do you have, um, I guess I'm curious as you're talking about it, Bryce, like David, do you have, uh, situations where the relationship has either grown further away from somebody who maybe you were closer to or closer to somebody who maybe you weren't as close to, or is it about the same closeness <laughs> as, as when you were growing up and, you know, or the same order of closeness, you know, I, I assume as you get older and you maybe living under the same house or, you know, seeing them as often, maybe there's, there's some, some stuff. Cause I, that's the same way I, I, as I think back on, like, we were certainly closer as kids when we were living in the same house. So it's not that like, I'm actually, actually closer to him, but there's a, a sharedness now that's different um, than when we were kids. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'd say I was closer to all of them. And by that, you know, whatever metric we were close to yeah, yeah. than we are now. Um, I'm definitely closer to the sister that's closest in age to me. Um, I don't often reach out to my older brother and sister, but, you know, we don't, we've never had like contempt or any issues. It's just, you know, I'm like, curious, David, he, when you describe your, sorry to cut you out there. Uh, when you're fine, when you talk about your family get togethers, do those get togethers include all of those siblings? So that's like a special one, right? Because my <laughs> my brother is in Cincinnati, so not far away. But my sister, who's not close to me in age, is in New Jersey. Um, okay. And actually, she may have gone south a bit further. But um, yeah, so like the times that we all are in the same place at one time, is maybe once every four years on average there might oh, be wow. some years we'll be back to back or something but it's it's definitely very hard to uh to get us all together at one one place okay <laughs> so uh yeah and marshall what what's yours like do you regularly get together with your entire family um yes well, okay. So yeah, everybody except for my sister is back in Louisville now. Um, so my sister is the one who 
when she's here, we would probably all get together with her. So, you know, sometimes that's, I mean, it, I mean, even during COVID, I think she came up once or twice, I think. So it, you know, multiple times a year, let's say, I don't know if it's, you know, and it'll probably, I imagine it getting further and further apart as far as, you know, how often that happens. But because we're all here, if she's in town, we'll probably get together at some point. And, you know, whether that's usually it's meeting at my parents' place. Um, yeah. What about, what about you, Bryce? That's a good, that's a good question though. Like what's the family, all brothers and sisters together in one spot ratio? Yeah, my, my family's pretty weird when it comes to this like growing up I, in high school after high school we all everybody moved apart everybody you know like my mom and dad were living in different cities and i was li- everybody was living in their own city <laughs> so um and it was like that for about 10 years and we would you know try to get together for the holidays and that was that was about it and then Three years ago, 2017, somehow everybody ended up back in Louisville. Yeah. And it was like that for about, we were all in Louisville for about two years. Everybody except my, my, my brother. And it was so weird. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 took, it took a lot of adapting. I think everybody was kind of adapting to being around each other and <laughs> kind of knowing each other as an adult. Yeah. And we had, weekly weekly dinners with each other okay so it was kind of like getting to yeah, know each other again um, yeah <laughs> or getting to know each other as an adult can't say we did a great job of it usually it was just board games or <laughs> talking about day-to-day stuff yeah. but um certainly weird and now the current situation's kind of gone back to how it was before where my youngest sister is still in louisville with my parents but everybody else is not everybody else just me and my other sister we're in different cities right okay so going back to what you were saying david about um well i think you were talking about getting closer or further away from uh siblings Mm -hmm. did did you finish that thought i don't i I feel like we had oh we had um, gone off on a tangent in a good way but i don't know if you no yeah for the most part yeah i think just to recap um like my oldest brother and sister, yeah, I don't keep in touch with them very often. I think I'd like to reach out more, which is, I may have talked about this, uh, I think I talked about this last week in a, a, a little bit, but I, I wanna like make an effort to, you know, at least check in with them a bit more. Um, but yeah, the sister closest to me in age, you know, we we don't, like text all the time but like we'll text randomly and you know the it's a it's much more often i should say than the the other two and is uh, it like monthly or weekly or like if you were to throw a number out there what do you um, think well since i hadn't seen them since february uh from i think last week it wasn't a whole lot maybe maybe once a month or something okay but it's interesting like when we when we were seeing each other like over winter and last fall mm-hmm. every other week or whatever there would be more uh yeah yeah via text. so it's kind of interesting 
yeah it's like when you have the the face to face because i was thinking about my sister it's been weekly roughly it's been monthly now i'm like i don't remember i can pull up my phone right now i probably haven't talked to her or texted her or communicated with her in like four months now you know um <laughs> so yeah it's like one of those weird ones where it can just go a long time and not not necessarily or to me it's four months seems like a long time to not because mm-hmm. comparatively speaking i've talked to my other uh well i talked to my brothers more more frequently <laughs> so that's well, cool we don't, skip a, we don't skip a beat i don't know how that is with you guys but it's not like oh hey uh, it's just it's right back into it you know like nothing yeah. has changed. i think it's- i felt like it was like that for a while for me and now as the time has gotten more separated and more differences. The comfort is still there in a lot of cases. Except for maybe, maybe my sister, maybe my sister does feel a little bit more distant, but in general, the comfort is still there. But when four months have gone by, there's a lot of catching up to do as opposed to, you know, Oh yeah. So you're working on this or, you know, just being able to keep, the comfort is there but the skipping a beat there's there's like a catching up period of like oh so you're not even working at the same place anymore oh you're dancing at this place or you know so what were you gonna say bryce oh um if if you're interested i I, i'm interested in knowing more about what you said earlier about recreating the the ties you have with your siblings Mm -hmm. with your with your kids with your own kids so yeah Yeah. if you if you you feel comfortable talking about that i think it'd be worth exploring like the dynamics between the kids you have and what you're noticing and maybe what you hope for them yeah yeah sure the um let's see i i think i think growing up i i just felt very like we were a family i saw families that you know sort of didn't like each other or didn't you know would sort of pick on each other like this Oh yeah, my younger sister, or you know, like we were we were never like that at all. We were very much like if I was going to the amusement park, so were my brothers, you know. Like for better or for worse. Sometimes like it wasn't a cool thing because I was like, like, can't I just have my own friends? Or but but in a lot of ways I didn't think like that either. I didn't um, you know, I, I didn't yeah, I didn't really think like that. It wasn't a like a thought of, oh, these brothers are tagging along and I I now look silly because I have this younger brother with me or anything like that. But I would see other people, other families kind of have that feel like, oh, we just want to have the, you know, the high schoolers go to this, this a high schooler event or something like that. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, my brother who's 10 is going to come with me. Like, what are you talking about? You know, or I'm not going to be there. It wasn't like an ultimatum type thing, but it was very much that kind of a feel like it was the Joneses are coming over <laughs> or what, you know. Um, so I think that's what I mean when I, it's sort of a like, camaraderie or um i, I want to say like defensiveness but it's it's i don't know if defensive but like we stuck up for each other you know like it was like we were we had each other's back all the time and so yeah for my, my kids i want them to feel like they can that they're together you know and i i do i, I do think there's a, a sort of a downside to it in the sense of like not having that individual individuality as much but at least from what I see, I think the trade-off is sort of worth it. Like you're better off erring on the side of being together and close and not having that individuality than erring on the side of everybody feeling like they can make their own decisions individually and, you know, um, and, and then 
trying to somehow get that closeness back together. So yeah, for us, I mean, what that plays out with is it's just like, let's try to do stuff together as a family um, instead of, you know, we, I guess we do do things that are separate, but we try to support each other. So like, you know, my, my son's like going and playing soccer. Well, the other two aren't playing soccer, but we're trying to like bring them along with us and like, let's go watch him play soccer. And if the other one's doing something else, let's go watch him do that. Even if we're not like doing that thing, even though we're not on the same soccer team. Um, but let's, let's go and, you know, like cheer for him and, and stuff like that. Do you notice uh, that camaraderie or the sticking up for one another happening organically now? Um, yeah, it's kind of tough to say right now because of the ages. The um, so my my oldest is eleven years older, I think. <laughs> so it goes, you know, eleven, and then um, another two years, I guess, from there. So eleven to thirteen year difference. Like, man, I don't actually know how what the ages <laughs> what the age differences are here. Um, so you know, the the, the one's like one year old, one years old. So there's not like she's not out doing a bunch of stuff on her own where people are sticking up for each other. So it will be interesting to see as they get older. And because like for me, when I had 11 years between myself and my sister, there were still a link between us. So like my, my brother who's five years younger might have a friend who then sort of was in the middle of us. So she could kind of like, I don't know how you, you know, she, she could kind of like level up to be about, you know, more that age. And I would like sort of level down to be that age. So as a, you know, you're, you're kind of together doing whatever it is. Like, let's say we go roller skating or something like that. Um, it's a little different with in, in for my kids because there's that gap and there's no, you know, siblings in between there. So it'll be interesting to see as he, you know, graduates from high school and you know, how much that connection will stay. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see it, it be, because I think they're, they're still at the point where they're definitely doing everything together because at least the younger two, because they're both like, n- like zero independence. <laughs> Would you be sad if the relationship with the older son and the youngest daughter ended up like David's situation? Um, you know, probably in some way, I, I think the same time though i i guess i kind of get that though also because it's it's similar for me and my like it's we're, we're certainly close but there's a, de- a definite distinction for me and and mine they're further apart so i think having that as a previous example or a current example in my life helps me sort of have ex- realistic expectations like so i remember and bryce i you may have been one of these kids i've subconsciously thought about with this i don't know i don't know if i i don't know if i knew that you had an older brother but anyway i i remember growing up and and having friends who were like let's say they were 10 and we were 10 and they had an older brother who was 18 and i remember the older brother who was 18 going off and playing basketball with his friends or doing his own thing it wasn't around and i remember thinking that was weird and thinking oh if i was that older brother i wish like i'm not going to do that like I'm going to, you know, I could go off and do stuff, but I'm also going to be like, in this case, like the one I'm thinking of, he was like never around, like just gone, like not part of the family gone. Right. Uh, which is kind of understandable. He's an 18 year old, right. <laughs> you know, 18 playing with the 10 year old or doing whatever with, you know, like that just sounds weird playing with the 10 year old anyway. Um, but 
as I got older, I did that. And I realized that that just happens because you're doing completely different stuff. So I guess it helps me know that there's a realistic or have a realistic expectation of, yeah, you get in different life stages. Maybe they'll come back together and be closer. Maybe not. I think on my side, I just want to set it up so that they feel comfortable together. And there's not any sort of dis, I was gonna say disharmony or something like that. But um, like, it's not supposed to be that you're, you know, like the stereotype in TV shows or something is the brother and sister who are always fighting. They sort of have each other's back, but they're sort of always fighting. I don't want that to be the stereotype for us. Like, no, it's cool to like, like your brothers and sisters, you know? And then if that works out, then I think that I've hopefully done my job as well as I can, or at least set them up. Like if they still hate each other at some point, it's still their problem. Like, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. at least on my side, like set it up so they can as well as possible. <laughs> yeah. That seems, seems reasonable. <laughs> uh, David, are you, are you like that? Were you, felt like it was cool to tease and fight with your sister. So I, I definitely was. I, I was the older brother that teased and picked on my sisters. And I think I always had their back, like you're saying, Marshall. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't say we were unified. Certainly not. Certainly not unified. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely not unified. Um, although I will say we were very unified at church. When we... Mm. Whenever we went into church, we always yeah. had each other's backs and we're like close, like, yeah, defend our family. If anybody talks shit about us, we're going That's after interesting. That's probably so, the same for me too. You know, mm. church, especially. So it's always, fa- it was always family first when it came to that church experience, mm. always defending my sisters when, if they had any issue at church, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, David. Yeah, for David. Are, are you like that? <clears throat> um, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I, I would say, if anything, I was teased by her more. And again, that's a one-sided. <laughs> but I, I was younger. About to your pancakes. By two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the callback. That was definitely the. I think that was definitely the parents. But yeah, uh, I think because I was younger than her, um, yeah. naturally there, there was more teasing from the the elder <laughs> i wonder too as i'm saying this like i'm saying yeah we we loved each other i wonder if i asked my younger brothers and this sister if they were like what are you talking about you were a total jerk marshall <laughs> like i remember it in this utopian <laughs> memory but yeah it's funny yeah, that you have this there's kind of this disconnect or conflict it seems like you're going through or one part of you wants this unified front where the family's really close knit, but then there's this other side where it's almost weird if you hang out with them. For me, you mean? Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. It sounds mm. like, is it weird if no. I hang out with my siblings as an adult, or if they're like my if they're my friends or my only friends? Or I'm putting words in your mouth now, but no, kind of, I kind I of sounds it's... sounds like it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't actually feel weird hanging out with them. Um, it's more as it relates to other people. I because I have sort of this closeness with them, like like it just doesn't come up very often, I guess is what what's why I sort of brought it up today or just in general is like I don't actually hear people talk about their brothers and sisters very much. 
But to me, it's like it would be like not talking about, you know, like somebody who talks about sports all the time because they're they watch sports every night and that's what they do. And so, of course, they're going to talk about sports. It's kind of like that. I'm like, well, so is everybody who's just not talking about their brothers and sisters just because they don't actually see them and don't hang out with them? Or is there something else here? So I'm kind of wanting to come to the conversation like, hey, I'm pretty close with my brothers and sisters. Um, and yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. That, Do that's you feel like you've been hiding it? Um, like why no, hasn't I, it come up so far if it's an important part of your life? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's because like other people haven't talked about it. I don't know. That seems like a weird reason not to talk about it, but like, it's like you need permission to talk about your yeah, relationship yeah, with your, your family. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting one. We'll need like a siblings react uh, clip <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, that's BS. <laughs> it's totally not true. This is not how it happened. <laughs> yeah, that, that is strange to me. But if it is important, it rarely comes up. You know, I, I, I'm trying to like sort out how, how like the mechanics of it, how it works. But it might come back to, like I said, this is probably a while back now about, you know, the silos of friends type thing where... Mm -hmm. The people who know all of us or know some of us or, you know, know me and a brother, or know me and a sister, um, then it's normal. Like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with, with Ted the other day and whatever. But when I'm uh, like, I'm trying to think of a like, what's the most opposite example? Maybe work. I don't know. That's like a common example. But like, I don't know. I guess I do say, yeah, I was hanging out with the hanging out with Ted. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe it does come up as much as I want it to, or maybe it does come up and I do talk about it, but it just doesn't come up as often because other people aren't as close to their brothers and sisters. So I don't. Yeah. Now that you you, I mean? you're, you're talking about it, it definitely doesn't come up because like, I didn't really know anything about your siblings and, and you all and you. Like, right. That's what I was like. I think my mom, we not about my it, mom but, has you know. told me more about <laughs> your relation, your like family dynamics than you've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, again, like, I don't know if it's because I'm like waiting for permission to talk about it or if it's just because like it hasn't come up for you guys. You haven't talked about it because, you know, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. Maybe talking about it here will it's funny how little stuff like that happens where like, even in this conversation, I thought back to our conversation about, you know, having a Filipino grandmother and like, I wouldn't have said that in this conversation if I hadn't talked about it with you guys before. So like just talking about it sort of introduces it as something that's in my life. And so now I can make a one sentence callback comment about something and I don't have to go into the whole thing of like, Oh, who's Ted? Oh, well, he's my, second brother who's you know and we're in a band and we've done music and he's a musician and you know like i don't have to do all that because we already sort of have that out there in the conversation not that it's like a tedious process to sort of go through that but um it's like once it's been introduced somehow it's makes it easier i don't know but like why is it hard in the beginning right <laughs> yeah but i think it's just like let me ask you guys this too and 
I don't know, we could probably go around in circles or just keep talking about it forever. But like, like for you talking to other people, how often do you guys talk about, like, do brothers and sisters come up for you guys in like normal conversations, I guess? I think whenever the topic is relevant. I mean, I wouldn't. See, that um, makes sense though. <laughs> you know, if somebody's talking about Christianity or if, if that topic gets brought up, the first thing that pops into my mind is my sister because mm. she's super into it and she's um, mm. she represents that to me. Her, yeah. her her identity is associated with with that, and I yeah. think what she's doing with it is is cool, and I I like to hear her perspectives and thoughts on that yeah. type of stuff. So if I'm having a conversation with a stranger or a friend about that topic. The first thing that pops into my head is my sister and I'll probably bring up my sister and yeah. oh, my sister's working for this, uh, this media company that, you know, and she does this and that for them and, you know, something like that. Yeah. And likewise for my other sister, I talk about my brother all the time, you know, um, anytime pharmaceuticals gets brought up, because he's, he's in pharmaceuticals. <laughs> so my or whatever my brother represents to me, if that topic gets, you know, hip hop, he's a big hip hop fan, rap, yeah, um, Maryland, DC, any, these are the things that he's linked to in my That's mind, like a, a man of, yeah, you know, I think he's a man of integrity and a really good guy. Like if those topics, if, if you wanted to talk about pharmaceuticals, not that I know much about pharmaceuticals, the first thing out of my mouth would be, oh, my brother's in pharmaceuticals and he works yeah. for this company and he does this and that and or that's if, true if yeah. we talk about dc or maryland like my brother lives in dc and this is what life is like for him i don't i don't know <laughs> no that's a good point and i i think like thinking on for mine it's the same way so it would it does come up like like what are what are the big things like yeah when somebody's talking about music or musicians like one brother comes up certainly dance or ballet you know my sister and yeah there's carpentry like my my youngest brother is crazy with like the rubik's cube like random stuff that just comes up like you know he can do it in like whatever 30 seconds or whatever <laughs> so yeah just like whatever those random hooks are that come up in life and then you're like oh yeah this is he does this and they do that and david i'll let you go that i wanted to say i'm not sure how that relates to you because you hang out with them as friends almost. yeah like they yeah. are a big part of your social circle. Yeah. It seems like we or other people would be hearing about things that you've done together with them recently, especially mm -hmm. if they were important things, like almost mm -hmm. on the same level as you talk about your wife, probably mm -hmm. because you're with your wife a lot and your wife gets brought up in these conversations. So mm -hmm. if you're with your family all the time, it seems like there would be some interesting things happening. Yeah that would be topics of conversation that's yeah. just my my thought but maybe not and yeah i promise david i'm gonna let you go but <laughs> before i forget do you want to embrace this silo thing that you talk about do you want to embrace that or do you want to change that i think before you've talked about wanting to be integrated um I don't know on your social media bio, would you say like brother of 
yeah, this person, at this point. person, yeah. at this person. Or mm-hmm. is it just something that um, it's not important for you that other people know that you're spending a lot of time with, with your siblings? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I want, I'm still in the same thing as before where trying to sort of cross pollinate the, the the different flowers or whatever the metaphor is of yeah getting people from one you know family to meet friends and friends to meet family and co-workers to meet friends and family and all that um so yeah okay one one more and then i'm gonna stop (laughs) do your siblings know about this side of you do they know you're doing a podcast where you have vulnerable talks like this? And do they, because the answer, well, yeah, my sisters know. Um, but for you, do they, do they know about this side of you? Yeah, they do. I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's probably one of those things where, again, maybe just doesn't come up or we're not. Yeah, yeah I mean, but yeah, they know about it. what I wonder is if they know how important it is in the same way where maybe you guys don't know how important my brothers and sisters are in some way, you know, like, you know, they exist. Maybe, maybe you didn't, I don't know if you, you know, but yeah, the floor is yours, David. Oh, I was pretty much just going to piggyback. Well, first I was going to say only overseas. That's kind of a joke. Um, How so? Wait. Oh, like when are they brought up? Yeah, you know, overseas, people are like, oh, how many brothers do you have? (laughs) Yes. How many sisters? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much what Bryce said, though. um, Whatever topic would correlate to something that they do or something that represents them in a in a way, it's a you know, it's a way to to build a connection or just to relate to somebody yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) yeah and and yeah it does it does seem to come up more like like we're saying like sort of the like the hooks or, or even when you said overseas like when it comes up people ask that question so then you're more than happy to talk about it and i think like people at work often ask hey what'd you do over the weekend you know and so the conversation for me will be like, Oh, I was with my brother and we did this, or I went with, you know, my parents and we did that, or, you know, so I don't have a problem answering that way, you know, and just saying what, what it was. Um, but it is interesting where I sometimes don't initiate those things. And that I think maybe is something to explore a little bit further. I don't, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's anything like wrong or, 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 you know, needing to be improved on the on the how often I talk about them front but maybe it's one of those things where you know I don't see it type thing like where like a year from now if I work on something and come back to it I'm like oh yeah I probably could improve this <laughs> so it's cool though I appreciate you guys sharing a little bit about it and like I said at the sort of the beginning I, I think there were things that I definitely didn't know about you guys so I think it just helps me know you guys more too Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. 
Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.